Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter. Highways Voices time again with me, Paul Hutton, and mainly Adrian Tatum this week as we talk about the performance of national highways with the Office of Rail and Road. All those actions are all geared around either actual improvements to infrastructure or education uh, to, to improve road users' general awareness and and confidence when they're on the roads. Harry Garnham is our guest today as we discuss safety, environment and communications on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. That's to come, but first let's hear Adrian's take on some of the main stories this week on the Highways News website. News from the highwaysnews.com website and newsletter this week. A new road reconstruction and recycling technique has been rolled out in Coventry this week, thanks to a partnership between Coventry City Council and contractor Colas. The new technique is called Recycle, and Coventry will be the first city to use it. The process involves using specialist equipment to recycle and regenerate the top surfaces of roads in a single pass, which will allow for roads to be required more quickly. Recycle was developed by the Global Colas Group and the process has already been used in France for several years. Colas were keen to bring the knowledge to the UK and Coventry embraced the opportunity to be the first to use the process. Elsewhere, Lincolnshire County Council has voted to spend a further five million of revenue on much needed road maintenance. The money comes from council areas that have underspent on projected budgetary needs and will now be put into vital roadworks across the country. The latest spate of good news from the Council for the Roads Network follows a previous Council decision earlier this year to backfill a government roads funding gap of £12 million. And National Highways has announced the key contracts in place to develop the £1.7 billion A303 Amesbury to Berwick Down scheme past Stonehenge. The planning application for the transformational scheme is still pending redetermination by the Secretary of State for Transport following the quashing of the decision to grant development consent order a couple of months ago. In the meantime, to ensure programme timescales are maintained, National Highways awarded its £60 million delivery assurance partner contract to Costain and Mark McDonald, who will provide a technical and construction management expertise by helping mobilise the main works contractor, oversee construction, assist the discharge of consent requirements and assure the design. On top of those, you can read about a big contract for Inrix, a fresh look for Gaist, and a potential challenge to a major national highways road scheme. Find out all about them at highways-news.com and in our daily email. Remember to also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Here's our main interview today, which Adrian carried out recently, which was recorded before the story this week about National Highways' latest stats about smart motorway performance joining me this week on highways voices the official podcast for highways news is harry garnham the office of rail and roads head of performance and co-author of the latest annual assessment of national highways launched a few weeks ago harry welcome to highways voices thank you thank you for having me so the first question i'd like to ask is how would you rate the performance of national highways in the last year in general yeah well i think in general the company's done done pretty well. Um, there's certainly been some significant successes, but it's not to say there haven't been challenges and there haven't been areas where we have concerns and think they can improve. In our annual assessment, we do break that down into four key areas, and they, those are safety, environmental performance, asset management, and enhancements. And um, we've seen, uh, as I say, a bit of a varied picture there. 
We've seen some some good improvements around safety. We've seen them deliver their enhancement commitments in year on time. And we've seen some decent progress around some of the key environmental drivers, like its own corporate carbon and noise uh, delivery uh, to, to target. As I say, there are some areas of cause for concern. On the safety side, it's around the return to normal following the pandemic and the increasing levels of traffic we now see on the network. With that comes the inevitable and unfortunate reality of, of in rising incidents and therefore risk to safety. On the asset management side, we have seen some, some areas where we'd like to get stronger reporting and a better line of sight between what the company sets out to do and what it actually delivers. And then on the environmental side, it's the focus has been very much around the biodiversity that uh, the company's looking to achieve by the end of the road period. There's a target for no net loss. We really need to see a, a robust plan of how it's going to get to that point. And on the enhancement side, there's been a number of schemes that have suffered quite badly from planning risks. And again, we, we need across the, the remainder of this financial year to see those risks be better mitigated. So safety has always been the number one priority for the strategic network. How would you assess the National Highway's performance in this area in particular? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and I can definitely say we, we see that from National Highways being, it is really their, their priority. It's coming from a place of having met its road period one commitment uh, around the amount of killed and seriously injured incidents on the network. And it's working towards its, its RIS2 2025 commitment. It also has a zero harm ambition for 2040, which, you know, as, as traffic levels do return to normal, it will be challenging to meet. The company is very much focused on doing that, but clearly it is ambitious. And, and we, we want them to set out how they're able to do that. And then just maybe more specifically in terms of a key point, we do also monitor national highways around the safety of smart motorways, uh, in particular the delivery of the action plan that DFT set, which is 18 overall safety interventions that National Highways needs to deliver to both improve safety, the reality of safety, but also road user perception. One of the key ones there is around a 10-minute response to vehicles that are stopped in live lanes on all lane running sections of the network where there are no stop safe stopping areas uh, within a mile. And that is an area where National Highways has set a 10-minute uh, target around its its performance, something that, that would bring it very much in line and if not better than the emergency services. And we think that's incredibly important because clearly, you know, people exposed in live lanes, uh, it's a dangerous environment. And so that's a key, a key safety aspect that National Highways is due to deliver on this September. And smart motorways has been one area of concern for the government and the traveling public. We've, we've obviously several views over the last two to three years. How does National Highways bring back public confidence in this area, do you think? Primarily, it's, it's, it's through the delivery of the, the safety action plan. All those actions are all geared around either actual improvements to infrastructure or education uh, to, to improve road users' general awareness and, and confidence when they're on the roads. So I think, you know, working through those 
actions is is key to restoring uh, confidence on on smart motorways in the public. And um, we do see as well that the work we do on the data side, we do see that that, that smart motorways are are at least as safe as conventional motorways. But it is that that careful balance, and um, and there's more that can be done. You know, in terms of you know the very fact that we've paused delivery of uh, smart motorway enhancements whilst more safety data is gathered. But ultimately, delivering the action plan will go a long way. And, and generally speaking, National Highways is on track. It is the one, the one area of, of concern there is around Action 3, which is this, smart, this quicker response, so where the company needs to improve its response times to vehicles that are stopped in live lanes. It isn't there yet. And, it, uh, and we, we are concerned in that it was originally a July 2021 target. It was moved to September 2021 and uh, the company are, are not yet there. They do have a bit of time, of course, but, you know, we, we really do want them to achieve that. And sustainability is becoming more, more crucial and, and with transport still being the highest emitter in the UK. What, what does a robust sustainability plan look like for National Highways? So there's a number of areas we're monitoring national highways on in, in the sustainability environmental space. So key to those are its, its corporate carbon outputs, noise, uh, air quality and biodiversity. And, and um, across most of those, we've seen good progress. We are concerned around biodiversity. We know that it's a, a challenging target to get to achieve no net loss. But we do need the company to provide us with a robust plan of how it's going to achieve that. I think it's key that National Highways, as a leader in the sector, demonstrates that that importance. The final part there is, of course, what it can do in terms of helping helping road users. So there is a wider issue that that is perhaps in, in some respects outside of its control. And we're seeing some benefit in terms of the wider rollout of electric vehicles. And that's something National Highways has has supported through uh, the delivery of electric vehicle charging points uh, near to the network and also some of the work it's done in supporting uh, commercial vehicles make make changes to its fleet to move towards electric vehicles. So it has taken a a wider role. There are still some issues as we move forwards, most notably on on biodiversity, especially as we, we move towards uh, the third rose investment strategy starting in 2025 where the onus is likely to be you know increased on all things sustainable we're likely to see more demands especially in carbon and in biodiversity so it's made a decent start we feel there's there can be more done in this row period and then there's likely to be a, a bigger challenge in, in the third row period. You're listening to Highways Voices with Adrian Tatum chatting to the ORR's Head of Performance Roads, Harry Garnham. More from them in a moment after the partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. The news from Adept this week comes from the Live Labs programme. Part of Live Labs' remit is to share findings and knowledge with the wider highway sector. Four of the eight original Live Labs 1 programmes have now published their final business cases, providing details of the trials and their outcomes. Buckinghamshire, Cumbria, Suffolk and Staffordshire Live Labs, whose trials included demand-responsive transport, gully sensors, air quality and street lighting, as well as solar, kinetic and plastic roads, 
have now published their reports on the ADEPT website. And finally, recognising the impact of the period of national mourning, the applications deadline for Live Labs 2 has been extended to the 4th of October. Two of our partners have news together to announce. The Transport Technology Forum has signed a million-pound three-year contract with Elkrig to deliver services for the next three years. The deal means a bigger and better Transport Technology Forum with more bigger events and services linking local authorities, national government and suppliers to maximise the value of technology in transport. We'll have more details on the Highways News website. And don't forget, it's the ITS UK Members' Day Awards and President's Dinner next Thursday the 13th of October it takes place in Milton Keynes and you can sign up at the ITS UK website. Highways Voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com highwaysnews.com Now back to Adrian's chat with Harry Garnham of the ORR. I just want to focus a little bit on, on some of the air, the other areas you identified one, one of them was around kind of managing the asset. When we talk about asset management in its, in its purest form as in looking after the surface of the road, I get a sense that national highways are kind of moving from less building of, of new roads, although that's what that will still continue, obviously, to um, really kind of up, up and yanting on how they look after the surface of the road and, and, and maintain the roads that they have got. D- does that reflect your your work as well? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think you know, asset management is a huge area. It, it, it's fair to say that the, the safe running and, and sustainable running of the network is is across many different asset types. Obviously, as, as road users, we might we greatly interact with the, the actual surface, the tarmac there. But you know, the actual whole is comprised of you know drainage structures, the, the geotechnical in terms of embankments, safety barriers. They're all they all have to work harmoniously together to give us that 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 performing asset that keeps us safe and also allows us to to, to make our journeys. So we we try not to overly focus on, on any asset um but but clearly you know the paved area sorry that, that's a bit of a technical term but the the road surface itself is key to that and we have seen national highways over the the first road period and into this one perform well it has a, a key performance indicator around road surface condition that it's it's all it's been above target on and remains so in terms of a, a change in focus i think you know, we, we're at a point where we will see, I think, you know, a, a, a change in, in the balance between, you know, building new roads, new enhancements to the network and, and ensuring that what we already have is fit for purpose and remains so. So I think across all asset types, there is a big focus on, on national highways to invest wisely in making sure these assets stay standing, stay operational for as long as possible. And that and that ties back to our our concern in our annual assessment, really, that we want to see that National Highways is able to make those efficient, long-term, whole-life asset management decisions, not just on the road surface, but, but obviously across the widest sense of its its own its own asset, and that it's it's able to take interventions that both prolong and ensure the safety of the network. Just a question for you around communications as well. Obviously, that's it's a vital part of of what the company does: communicating to the public, communicating to the supply chain. How do you rate that performance in in in, in that area at the moment? There's a, a number of different forums through which National Highways communicates, and it, it obviously has different messaging depending on who it's talking to. Be that it's uh, 
its customer base, you know, i.e. the actual people who are using the roads right through to the wider stakeholders it interacts with and its own supply chain. I would say that we, we monitor national highways on a number of key communication uh, outputs, such as uh, things like messaging on uh, smart motorways, where we do hold it to account in terms of delivering its educational campaigns, how it's rolling out things like Red X above uh, lanes that are shut. So, so c- good communication is key to that. There is a bit of that that, that rightly isn't within our remit as, it, as National Highways monitors. So, you know, how it how it conducts its own internal communications is is less of a priority in terms of it being outside of the direct RIS. But certainly, I think you know across across our time monitoring national highways and its sort of direct predecessor, Highways England, we see that that focus on it trying to communicate clearly to to its customer base. And finally. Um... The report itself, what's your assessment of how your annual report is working? Um, it seems to be working very well, but is there anything you would you would change in your approach in the future? Thank you for saying it's working well. Uh, I would agree. I, th- I think it does work well. I think w- what it's really useful for is it, it has the ability to perhaps summarise and publish information that perhaps I otherwise wouldn't have been so readily accessible to, to stakeholders and individual members of the public. So we we appreciate we have a unique role in in holding national highways to account and and bringing that level of transparency so i think uh, it's something we we obviously look to improve year on year and and add to the the quality of information that we're able to publish and i also think we we see that it brings direct benefit to a wider set of stakeholders in terms of of helping them understand the position helping others also carry out their functions so things like you know it being cited at transport select committees that's that's a real positive for us and it shows the work we're doing is is adding value harry thank you for your time and thank you for joining us on highways voices this week no problem absolute pleasure thank you lots to think about from harry garnham of the orr talking to adrian tatum there and before we go here's adrian again because we've got time for adrian's accolade and my accolade this week goes to the teams at milestone infrastructure and hampshire highways they have won a second international green apple environment award this week the award has been presented to hampshire highways a partnership between Milestone and Hampshire County Council for its trial of biopolymer bollards replacing concrete versions. The biopolymer product derived from sugarcane weighs around four kilograms and can be easily transported, lifted and fitted into place. Thanks to the ability of sugarcane to absorb the CO2 as it grows, the biopolymer bollards generate a negative carbon calculation compared to their concrete counterparts. An environmentally friendly and worthy winner of Michael A this week. So that's it for Highways Voices this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll join you again next Wednesday. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry.
Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Adrian's Accolade. Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swaco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swaco, the better way every day.